Hello, listeners. We're back with Empty the Cues. We were gone last week, and now we're back this week, and it's great, and I missed you. Why does this podcast, why, when I do wrap around, why do I always fucking sing something stupid on this podcast? <laughs> it's because I'm tired. Yay. Okay, so this In this episode of Empty the Cues, Caroline and I talk about the episode of Avatar The Last Airbender in which the gang first goes to Kiyoshi Island. But this is, I think, one of my favorite conversations I've had in this show so far. Because what started out as a conversation about this episode of Avatar became a a, a conversation about what apologies mean and what forgiveness means, which honestly is like, I think kind of why we do empty the cues. Like, if you listen to the show, it's no mystery that we all really love media and we really love dissecting it. And this is exactly the kind of conversations that the media that I love most, like these are the questions that they ask. And I don't know, I'm feeling kind of sappy today, and I feel very, very grateful to have people like Caroline in my life who I can show these things to and then engage in those conversations. And the same obviously goes for Ellie and Gavin and David and Josh. Like, I just really love everyone. I I just, I think it's good. Um, We had more of this conversation than what I'm leaving in because, honestly, I think that the conversation about apologies and forgiveness is the crux here. And I think it's really important. And I felt like everything else detracted from it a little. So I hope you enjoy. Um, We really loved this episode. We still do lots of goofery. Um, I am going to link the thread that we talk about in the show notes, and I hope that you read it. Um, Enjoy! So, so Caroline, episode four. Welcome yes! to Kiyoshi Island. Oh my god! And welcome to the Kiyoshi Warriors. I, okay, who fucking rules. So, so cool, and I love Suki. Oh, oh my god, Suki rules. I wrote. So I said last time I was like, I wonder how many baby gays had Zuko in that fight as their closet key. I want to know how many little baby gays had the warriors as their closet key, because if little Caroline had seen this, I would have figured some stuff out a lot sooner. Yeah, this um, episode, looking back, I was like, is this why I am bisexual and not cis? <laughs> like, is this... <laughs> yeah, I was like, like this episode, damn. I know that this is like the girl power episode, but I think mm-hmm. at least in my analysis of it as a baby gay. Mm-hmm. I was also like, this is the gender queer episode. <laughs> this is this yes. is girl power. This is like, uh huh. This is like unlocking some shit here about gender. Also, uh, I had a crush on Sokka and Suki, so uh-huh. that'll do it. That's who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. I, I I I mean, we'll get into it, but I had lots of thoughts about how this episode handled certain things. So I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah. So starting off, um, our intro to the episode is actually Zuko, which I thought was interesting. I like when mm-hmm. episodes start with him. Um, I think it's fascinating. And when this episode opens, he is it's that scene where he is sitting in front of all of those candles and he's meditating. And he's yeah. lit very dramatically. Um, <laughs> he's sitting so still and mm-hmm. so solidly 
just staring at these candles. And I remember watching him being like, he is really formidable right now. Like, this is actually, he's really intimidating. Um, And then that all goes away in a split second. Oh, my God. Yeah, my notes were, oh, Zuko meditating is interesting. He's rarely calm. Oh, there we go. That's our Bernie boy. (laughs) (laughs) Iroh's, like, absolute bluntness with just being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he is. Uh, this shit's bad. Sorry, kid. Um, I love so Iroh. funny. So good. Oh, I love Iroh. Iroh's so good. Um, He's awesome. Zuko is like both really formidable and totally not formidable in this episode mm-hmm. simultaneously. Yeah, um, it's it's cool to see the contrast because we yeah, see him very much as one for him. you know angry teenage boy which we're we've seen a lot of times but then you do see, we do see when he wants to you know w- when he's got a plan in mind when he wants to wreak some havoc he can wreak the hell out of it yeah absolutely so we go from him meditating and then you know being like i don't know where the avatar is uh um over to the gang which is uh, G A A N G, um, is how the <laughs> fandom like typically oh. refers to uh, Aang and his I'd group, which is very cute. That's um, so cute. So they are heading to Aww. Kyoshi Island, um, which is mm-hmm. where the Avatar before Roku, Avatar Kyoshi, lived. Uh, yeah. Kyoshi is the coolest. Um, yeah. So they show up, they get accosted because they're just like some random people who are showing up on the island and the island is like, hell no, I don't know you. Everything is scary. <laughs> um, and they get stopped by the Kyoshi warriors who are a group yeah. of young women who dress in the traditional style of Avatar Kyoshi and fight in her traditional style um, with fans. Um, Avatar Kyoshi was so cool. an earthbender. So they're currently in the earth mm-hmm. nation. Um, just in, like, you know, off on a little island. Um, and Sokka is pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Sokka in this episode. I had so many things to say about him. Um, because we revisit, I like, I will say this too, I love that a children's show, I love that in the very first episode we actually said the word sexist. And that we're revisiting that. Because he, I, I, yeah, I wrote Sokka, shut the fuck up, you little sexist shit. And then I wrote, wait, why won't we need pants? And then I got distracted. But we did, I did circle back to the sexism <laughs> thing later. There were a couple of moments in this episode where I was yeah, like, the yeah, writers like- were getting some crap past the radar. Like, where we're going, we won't need pants. And then later they're like, oh, tie me up and I'll show you something. I was like, I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Sokka, sir, settle. Yeah, there was a settle lot of, uh, I don't know how they got away with, <laughs> with a lot of this. Um, you can get away yeah, with like, a lot in I like that shows. the show um, not only, like, addresses some of these big, like, institutionalized character flaws, but, like, directly mm-hmm. names them and directly yeah. addresses them and won't let them go unaddressed. Um, yeah, I'm and the way that so they handled it was really cool. That Sokka's 
deep misogyny was dealt with so fucking early because otherwise he would have been yes. so awful for so long. Oh my god. Well, and the way that they handled it, I mean, this might be skipping ahead a lot, but the way that they handled it in this episode was so interesting to me because they could very easily have taken the route of, okay, we're reminded that Sokka's being a little sexist shit. He sees the women warriors kicking ass and then kind of comes around to the idea. Instead, he had to humble himself. He had to apologize. He had to get out of his comfort zone. He had to work alongside the, I mean, it was just, it was done so well. Um, and, and also that little lesson of like, oh, I was treating you like a girl and I should treat you. He's like, I am, I can be two things at once and you need to recognize that. I, it is not an either or. It was just really, really smart. And they, again, this episode is 20 minutes long and they packed all of that into it and it was so I was so impressed with that yeah and all the meanwhile there's also this like completely nothing obnoxious side story with Aang and Katara um I don't know how you felt about the side story oh, it was so but cute, I watching it I was like this is so ugh like I get it I get it I get it I but actually also, liked like, it I ugh Okay. I liked it because it was nice to see Aang getting to be a kid. And I think that is very much, you know, a, a, a thing that I keep wanting to see because we just had all all the trauma. And then there's more in this one because he needed more things to blame himself for, obviously. Um, but it was nice to see him being a 12-year-old boy. And part of that is wanting to impress girls and uh, having crushes. And, you know, it was it was... That part of it actually was really nice, I thought, because it it was such a contrast and it just reminds you that how young he actually is. We see how little he is in his sweet little voice. We see him being a kid. But it, he's also a kid on the cusp of a lot of things, including, you know, puberty. Yeah, that's that's very, very, very true. And I do like seeing him have, like, kind of obnoxious flaws. Because um, I yeah. think that without a few of those, he would just be, like, too perfect. Um, so I did like that. Yeah. It just felt like it took up so much of the episode. And I was like, please, 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 let's get back. Let's get back to, to Sokka having realizations. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was actually I, 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 I did take up a lot of it, but I, I still thought it was it was still done in a way that was very smart and it did kind of circle back to the two of them also being the more emotionally mature of of the group because they had to both kind of say okay I'm sorry I I you know we had th that little fight between the two of them was the funniest like fine fine that little last word fight was the most child thing I've seen and I loved it yes. um <laughs> but yeah that was hysterical but I did I actually did like ultimately I understood why that all that was there and it establishes more about their relationship I'm sure uh, that I'll see later I'm, it's probably gonna circle back to that um, but yeah it was <laughs> nice to see him being a 12 year old kid and just kind of getting to indulge a little bit in being a 12 year old kid because it is an indulgence I think for him yeah that's very very true um and I like that. I, I like that note on the fact that, like, they are the more emotionally intelligent yeah. of the two pairs here. And I think that does play off of each other really well. So to go back mm -hmm. to plot summary. So 
Aang and Katara and Sokka, they're tied up. They see that it's a bunch of girls. Sokka is like, I don't like this. But then meanwhile, <laughs> Aang has announced like, hey, see that statue of Avatar Kyoshi? That's yeah. me. And they're like, mm-hmm. no. And he's like, yes. And they're like, oh, yes. Um, and then this is, this is the first instance that like a new group has experienced that the Avatar is like alive. Um, which because of all of that fame and all of that, like this is a huge uh, sociopolitical deal. The fact that the Avatar is alive, um, that eventually word gets back to Zuko and now he's coming to Kyoshi. So now we have (laughs) Aang having to deal with the ramifications of the fact that like, if he is going Mm -hmm. to be known, like that will always endanger other people. Um, Yeah. And and the way that they lightly as he does the rest of it, but right. Because at first it's just like, ooh, all these people are cheering for me and they're chasing me like I'm all the Beatles and they want, you know, ye old selfies with me. And it was, um, <laughs> I th- I th- <laughs> it felt, it felt very, I think, realistic because at first things like fame are very alluring and the idea of being popular, if not famous, is also very alluring. And then as soon as you start seeing kind of the negative impact of being known, that's when the responsibility comes back and of course it the responsibility is i mean the stakes are so high with him it's not just like oh now people can find me on twitter and be mean to me this is oh a village burned down because i stepped foot in it <laughs> yeah and actually i think that this conversation is making me really like this ang story a lot more because it's totally parallel with him wanting to ride this stupid unagi and not taking mm-hmm. the ramifications of that oh seriously God. like he full yeah. on almost dies until katara bends the water out of his lungs which first off like that that's oh, good shit katara. i love that i wrote that i love seeing bending using used for healing because that's such a such an interesting not just for fighting it just shows you know how how important it is to every part of of these societies because it has so many uses there is a lot of really creative bending in um so in this show that you'll see a lot more healing which i love yay i love that. one of the things that i think is really interesting about cora which is like you know obviously much 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 later on but <laughs> there's a lot more creative uses of bending in cora um, mm. in a horrifying way. <laughs> oh. Like, absolutely horrifying. Um, ah. When you start thinking of how the limits of certain things can be pushed, um, I was it's I was wondering... Korra allows a lot of that. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking about, because this, this episode made me think, like, oh, right. You know, bending the water out of someone's body. Can you, like, bend blood? <laughs> That's a little stressful. <laughs> oh, God, and it's just ugh, to think about, and that made me just go, "Oh, we could get into some body horror real quick if we wanted to," and I don't like that. But I also kind mm-hmm. of want to see it. <laughs> Mixed feelings. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I think that it. Um, <laughs> this is again an instance I where I can see your face, so I'm just like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> am I onto something? Am I onto something?" <laughs> Um, I yeah, and I think because my face is so unsettled, I think I'll just tell you. Yeah, okay. we get an episode about bloodbending. Oh, 
That's horrifying. I love it. Yeah. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it is like hands down. Oh, it was literally um when it was coming out, it was like a Halloween episode. Oh. Uh, because it's so fucking scary. <laughs> That's terrifying. So I mean, like just the scary. implication of that. Like yeah. and like can you bend the air out of someone's lungs and like, oh God, I don't like I'm actually freaking myself out with how easily these are occurring to me. I don't like that about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I write yeah, harder, show... but I don't like that I can think of it. Felt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll, <laughs> see, you'll see a lot of really, really creative bending, but especially in Korra. <sighs> um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, horrifying, but good shit. So, okay. <sighs> so, we have that story going on. Aang has all of these, like, kind of little girl fans who are probably, like, a year or two <laughs> younger than him. Maybe, like, two to three years. And they're all like, yeah. yay! And then he has the fame, and then he wants to ride this unagi but the whole time he's doing all of this one because he likes the fame but two because he wants the attention from katara specifically mm-hmm. who is like not really here to fuck with that <laughs> she's like yeah hey, and which they established like, really early in the episode do, and also this is obnoxious yeah like really early on when he's trying yeah. to get her attention like hey hey look and she's just like oh it's great and we see it's like ah uh, this is going to be the one where it's like pay attention to me crush um which I don't know anyone who hasn't been down that road, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they handled it pretty well. I like that it it really didn't, the, the episode didn't feel like it sided with Aang or Katara in the end, um, which I think is yeah. really nice. Like, I think it could have either painted Katara as, like, hey, you're mean for not paying attention to somebody, or it could have painted Aang as, like, hey, you're too annoying. But it was really just, like, yeah. Here are these two characters and how they would react to a situation, which I thought was really nice. And yeah. uh, I like that not everything has to be, like, a clear black and white moral issue. For sure. And and when we're already handling something as big as sexism and, like, explicit sexism, it's like, maybe we can, maybe one lesson can be a little more eased in. And maybe the other one can be like, hey, stop being a sexist little shit, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... I think before we talk about the Sokka-Suki storyline more, let's hit the Zuko storyline, just because it's kind of minimal. Um, so yeah. Zuko's storyline is basically like, he is really over-emotional and also sometimes kind of cocky, and that was pretty much it. Like, he doesn't know where the Avatar is, mm-hmm. then he knows where the Avatar is, and then they go to where the Avatar is, and then uh, and then they fight. That was, that was pretty much... Yeah, Zuko's it was just kind of like, oh, he's on our tail. We got to keep going. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very big. It was interesting seeing when they were fighting Aang being a lot more direct with um with fighting someone cuz that you know, we've talked about his fighting style which is usually I oh, I get to say it again because the audio was lost last time. Um his fighting style being more of the avoidant and and they talk about in this the um the warriors talk about using an enemy's strength against them which is pretty similar to what ang tends to do a lot of the time but in this i mean he directly is hitting and directly is fighting which is really interesting to see and it's not a lot of it yeah but it does happen um, it's like oh I think that the stakes of having the whole island there um, mm-hmm. 
is another step for Aang taking Zuko much more seriously as an actual, like, not just threat to himself and his friends, but a threat yeah. to kind of the world, you know? Um, yeah. At the end, we see that Aang is leaving Kyoshi Island um, to, like, get to basically pull Zuko away from the island so that they're mm-hmm. not still damaging it. And then he pretty uh, pretty impulsively jumps into the ocean, uh, <laughs> gets the big unagi, and has it, like, <laughs> like breath weapon water all over Kyoshi so that it extinguishes those fires, which is good. Yeah. Um, but we definitely see that, like, Aang kind of has a very, like, zero to 100 mentality on how he deals with conflict where it's either like i'm very avoidant and i'm just like not gonna take this seriously to like okay let's go (laughs) which i think is also a very very much a thing that someone of his age um because we've talked about how age and, and maturity are not necessarily directly connected but to a degree there is some mm-hmm. of that and um and and sometimes it does have to do with just life experience and having had enough time to learn certain things not necessarily the fault of your age just you know you haven't had a chance to learn this lesson yet and seeing him i'm i'm curious if we're going to see that change a little bit the the 0 to 100 thing if there's going to start being a little more uh you know numbers 1 through 99 at some point for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, let's so let's talk about the real crux of the episode: Sokka and Suki. Oh um, my god! Please, let's so talk about it. Yes, this storyline basically goes: Sokka, you know, gets bested by what he assesses as just like a group of little girls. Um, god, and they he shows up to their practice. And is an absolute asshole. And Suki, a true badass, is like, oh, you're right, scary man. Maybe you could show us how to fight. Oh, um, God, Saki I love is Suki. like, yes, girl, I can do this. Mm. And then obviously she kicks his ass. And then like you were saying, he humbles himself, mm-hmm. apologizes, and then... I did not expect that. that. It isn't I just truly like, did oh, not actually, that. you're cool phenomenal writing phenomenal. yeah and this is not the first time that Sokka does or I mean, it is the first time this is not the yeah. only time Sokka does this throughout the writing mm. of the show um oh, that's awesome. i love Sokka. Sokka is my favorite and i love this him is one of those instances for why like this this i he wasn't my favorite but now i'm like oh he might end up being because this episode made me go oh i like the growth i like the layers um and i wasn't expecting to hit that so soon and in this way, because like I said, it, it the fact that it wasn't ju- like and like you said, too, that it wasn't just, OK, you kicked my ass. Teach me how to do that. I mean, he n- literally kneels down and bows his head and waits for them to accept uh, his apology before asking, you know, I mean, that was that's a huge thing to do. That's a that's a difficult thing to do. So the fact that we see a kid his age who's already been a little shit several times, not only willing to do that, but he makes that decision on his own. It's not like like I thought maybe Katara was going to tell him, get your, get your act together. No, he did that on his own. And that's a really, really, really important thing. It actually made me think a lot about um, conversations you and I have had, like totally outside of the show, but about 
kind of the value of an apology Mm -hmm. and like what an apology means and I feel like this was such a good this was such a good depiction of that because like yeah he's he is actively doing this but he doesn't ever like really ask for forgiveness all he asks is like he apologizes and says that he would be honored to be taught by them he doesn't ever expect to be forgiven by them which i think is so beautiful and such a good lesson to learn it is and i've been i've been talking a lot with people lately just it's a conversation that kind of keeps coming back up and i always uh refer to them to a certain thread i think i might have sent it to you um uh yes there's a, a, a rabbi yeah the one with the rabbi yeah it is an interesting take on atonement and what it means and forgiveness and what it means and not asking for forgiveness is really important um it's great if people want to offer it um but if you're really apologizing and you're actually sorry for what you did you're not going to say i'm sorry please forgive me because that doesn't mean you're actually sorry it just means you want to be forgiven um and i think that this episode did a really good job of actively demonstrating how to apologize and how to do so in a way that honors the person you are apologizing to rather than your own ego yeah this show one of the one of the main themes in this show both um in like an overall social way with the world building Mm -hmm. and in like individual character arcs several individual character arcs is apologizing, forgiveness, and, like, redemption slash, I would say, like, absolution. Like, what these things Mm -hmm. all mean and how they can be done. Whether it's you apologizing in a way that is real, you forgiving in a way that is real, or what what it looks like after an apology is given. Like, Mm -hmm. the correct and healthy ways to go about that. And the action after is so important in this show and so important in life and uh this show's good (laughs) this show's so good i'm i'm furious that i didn't come up with it you know what i mean i'm glad it exists but damn it yeah (sighs) yeah fuck oh it's so um, good so let's talk a little we got we gotta get we gotta look get a little cutesy here Sokka and Suki do a smooch. It's so cute. Um, it's really cute. It's really um, cute. and then, uh, but then the gang like bails. So <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it was it was it was extremely cute, and I was like, I see this coming, and I'm still excited because it was just it was adorable. Um, and uh, like I said, a lot of this episode shows kids being kids which is nice because it does remind you how young they are and you know Sokka's what how old is he four older he's a little older I forget how old everybody is he's 14 or 15 14 or 15 yeah and I don't know it was just it was that's it was just adorable and I was just like you get your little five minute girlfriend there um yeah, I, I really like it. Um, and I, I think that it's very cute. There are like, so eventually we will get to 
the great shipping wars of the Avatar oh, the Last Airbender fan base because oh, it yeah. was uh, huge, huge. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I lived through Harry Potter. I know from shipping wars. The shipping <laughs> wars of Harry Potter um, and Avatar intersected at a really interesting time. Um, and then there were even huh, like yeah. uh, kind of making like jokes at each other's fandoms about shipping wars. <laughs> it was so it was a wild time to be a part that of fandom, let me tell you. Amazing. <laughs> but there's there have also, been a like, few like specific of, fandom uh, parts. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um there are there are a lot of like single episode romantic arcs that are very cute but not mm-hmm. all of them that seem like single episode arcs actually are which I oh. also love so overall how did you like this one it seems like this it seems like you really enjoyed this episode I did I did it was well because the last one was so so heavy and I like that this one was a little more of a breather but it didn't let everything completely go and you could really easily make the argument that a lot of Aang's behavior in this one was directly related to trying to push what he just experienced away and just be a kid for a little while. And then, of course, he sees the burning freaking village and has to revisit that. And I was like, oh, good. More trauma for this tiny, tiny child's shoulders. Um, but <laughs> I really I also just I like how it even in a, a slightly lighter episode, well, significantly lighter, let's be real. Um, it's still tackling big things and tackling them in a very healthy and fairly intense, though, way. Um, and there were just little moments that I really, really liked in this one. Like, I, I, I like how proud Aang was looking at the statue and he's just like, that was me. And that, that little girl saying, you were pretty. Like, that was so cute. Um, and... I like that we see a couple of instances of how to apologize. Because um, both Aang and Katara were like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry too. And that was a little more of the like, yeah, that's how you apologize when there's a small hiccup. And uh, and Sokka was a great example of how to apologize when you fuck up real good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I just... I. And it was just, it was cool also to see a whole new uh, fighting technique, um, a, a whole different society that we haven't experienced yet. That was really cool. Um, I liked Big Fishy and Bigger Fishy very, very much. Um, I, <laughs> um, and there were there was a lot more humor in this episode, which was really fun. Like, the artist cracked me up, where he's just like, God, Oh my god, me too! Every time there's I a new kid. I don't know why that was so funny. It was so funny. Like, oh, it was so funny! <laughs> the way it was done was great. Because it's like, he's having his little Bob Ross moment, and then we see the moment when Bob Ross gives up. Yeah! <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the, the, next, um, the next episode is also a big, goofy one, which I really appreciate. Season one has a lot of, like, really high emotional peaks and then a whole ton of goofy shit. Um, So I'm, like, I'm really curious to see how you respond to each of those individual episodes. Um, Because they are very, like, they seem really hit or miss with a lot of people. Like, it really depends on what you gain from each individual story of each episode. Mm. I'm so curious. Okay, pals, homework, go read that thread, it rules. 
You can find Empty the Cues at Empty Cues Pod on socials. You can find it at emptythecues.wordpress.com. Ooh, a quick note. We... So we started the show with the expectation that we were going to transcribe every episode ourselves. Um, However, 2020 is 2020, and that's been really difficult for us. Um, But we care a lot about accessibility, which is probably not surprising. So as we upload, um, we are going to be looking into options for paying a transcriptionist ourselves out of our own pockets, um, because it's, again, very important to us. So I just want to say thank you very much for your patience on that. Um, And we'll be getting to it soon. And I look forward to the day when all of the episodes are transcribed as soon as they go up. And we are working on getting that to you. Um, So thank you. Okay. I'll see you next week. I mean, I won't. I, I'll i be, I'll record Wraparound next week, and you might listen to it a week from now, from when you're listening to this. Time is fake. Bye!